Hello and welcome to Coasters and Culture with Rex and the Beast, the place where we have major thoughts on minor matters. This is the Beast in Central Kentucky. On the line with me is Rex in Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to the podcast for rexandthebeast.com. Thanks for joining the journey with us today. We're not going to fool around today, guys. It's time to jump into some recent news. Well, Rex, today was the day that the new Terminator film dropped its official trailer, Terminator Dark Fate. The film stars Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is produced by James Cameron. The first time all three of them have been back together since T2. Linda Hamilton, of course, is starring, reprising her role as Sarah Connor. Arnold Schwarzenegger is back as the Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. And uh, the trailer has been released. We have thoughts on that. You have thoughts on that. We want to discuss that. But before we get to the actual trailer, I thought maybe it would be interesting and important for us to place the Terminator films in their proper context, especially the first one and the second one. Uh, The sequels after that, to me, it's best just to pretend like those are just kind of unsolved, really, like they just didn't exist. But if we could talk about one and two for a moment, uh, this is 80s and, and T2 was early 90s. Isn't that right? Do you know? You know, I don't remember off the top of my head when T2 was. T1, uh, the Terminator was 84. I remember that one pretty darn clearly. Um, T2, I'm not sure. We're gonna have to I'm thinking T2 was early 90s. Let's see if we can pull that up real quick. 91. Yeah, 91. So, you know, important films for so many reasons. Not only are we talking about a revolutionary and action genre and sci-fi and the blending of those two, but especially T2, just in movie magic and filmmaking, the use of CGI, um, the direction, everything was 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 phenomenal. And T2 to this day is just one of the best films maybe of all time. But for you, especially in the 80s, that was a very coming of age time for you. Did these movies land in any particular important place in your life? Or did you just see that this is a cool movie with, with a lot of cool action? Like, how do you remember experiencing Terminator back in the day? Yeah, I mean, Terminator did come at an important time. It, it came out, as I recall, I remember 84 very distinctly. I believe it was a Christmas movie. Um, I, I believe it came out uh, in December. And I, I remember... It was October, was, October 26 of 84. Okay, okay. so it was it was in that era. It wasn't maybe December, but it, it carried through. You know, back yeah. then, movies were not four-week affairs. Back then, they were three, four, five, six months affairs. So it was clearly still going by Christmas. Um, and I was 16. I was 16 when that came out. And obviously, a pretty important time in one's life as you're going through that. And I... I fell madly in love with Linda Hamilton hmm, from yeah. this movie. I mean, I, I, I longed for her. In well, this she, she's a legend. She's a legend. She's been with a legend. So. And, and she, that's true. And I mean, I wanted to be there and I wanted to comfort her. I wanted to, I mean, I literally was in love with her. I saw this movie multiple times in the theaters, mainly so I could, um, I could see her. I mean, yeah. that was the main reason. The second reason is actually quite interesting. Do you remember the second reason that I saw this movie in the theater so much? No. Is because Tina Turner's music video, Better Be Good to Me, played in front of the Terminator. And I loved that video. And seeing it on the big screen with uh, the great uh, music in a, uh, in a theater was unbelievable. And I just loved it. I loved watching that 
uh, music video before the movie. And I, I just, I just loved it. It was the greatest. I will never forget that. So, so, anyway. so what MTV just wasn't showing it enough for you or? Well, it's just different. I mean, seeing it on a big screen, you don't get the chance to see music videos on a big screen okay, with the okay. blasting, uh, blasting audio. Well, but if you didn't know the- this, I mean, according to our dad, Tina Turner is the greatest female vocalist of all time. Just thought that I'd throw is a that fact, out there. Yes. Yeah. And of course, yeah. at 84, I mean, you know, private dancer and all the stuff that was going on. I mean, she was rolling, but back to the Terminator, you know, the Terminator term, you know, T2 and then everything that's come after it and, and Schwarzenegger after that became a much different animal. But when the Terminator came out, I mean, this was a relatively low budget movie and no, certainly came out with no fanfare of any kind uh, really. And it just took everybody by storm. I mean, it was like, Oh my God gosh, this is amazing. I mean, I remember the opening scene when Arnold stands up and is, is naked because of, uh, you know, coming back as a Terminator time and he stands up for the first time and he stands there. You're like, Oh my God, this is, you know, this is unbelievable. Just everything about it. And, and of course it was unbelievably written, you know, with, uh, James Cameron and, and his wife at the time, I believe, I don't know if they were divorced yet, but uh, uh, wrote it and, and James Cameron directing it. It was just an amazing movie. I mean, that's really all there is to it. It was believable, even though it was incredibly unbelievable. I yeah. mean, you ended up believing that this could happen. Uh, and, and so, I, yeah, I, I just I have nothing but Terminator. The original Terminator is up there as one of the great, great experiences from movies. Uh, of my teenage years um and, and you know yeah. it, 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 when i well, think of schwarzenegger yeah. that's still what i think of is the terminator the original uh, terminator I, for you the original terminator even though mm-hmm. we can talk about all the other great schwarzenegger stuff the terminator to me was absolute peak yeah so, and you know you have all these stories you don't know if they're apocryphal or not but the idea that his agent told him whatever you do do not take this role because you don't want to take play a bad guy because you're going to be typecast and that's it for your career and he did it anyway and of course it, it just skyrocketed him to the top of the business you know i don't know if those stories are true or not but you hear that all the time but what's interesting about the terminator t2 uh when you compare these two there are very very few films where a sequel can do justice to the original and perhaps even eclipse the original. Uh, Aliens in that franchise is one, uh, but there's very, very few franchises, very few sagas where you can say, well, the sequel was better. Many Star Wars fans would say Empire Strikes Back is better than Star Wars. I don't know if I'd make that argument, but you can certainly make the argument that T2 is actually a better movie. It's, it's put together better. It is thought out. It is intelligent. Uh, and then, of course, all of the movie making things we've already mentioned, the CGI and the introduction of new effects and visual effects, all of these things, I think for many people would cause them to say that T2 is in fact the better movie, uh, even though the original Terminator probably has more of a visceral reaction for a lot of people because it was so raw and and so unexpected, as you mentioned earlier. So how would you uh, how would you play off that comparison with those two films? Yeah, I I, I don't based upon sort of typical analysis of what is the better movie. Uh, I think T two is is clearly the better movie, um, but because. At that point, they were dealing with a franchise already. They knew that. They put a lot of money into it, the, the, the groundbreaking special effects, but excellent writing. Um, you know, everything about it was done amazingly well. But to me, it's an entirely 
different movie. Uh, and by that, what I mean is I would not, if you said, okay, compare the Terminator and Terminator 2, put them in the same same genre, same same types of movies to compare, I'd say, well, that's not fair. Those, those aren't the same kind of movies. You've got to compare Terminator 2 with The Matrix um, or, or Terminator 2 with uh, other movies that came at its time or later that were that type of action movie. It, it, the, the original Terminator has to be compared more with, honestly, things in my mind like Alien um, or, or other movies that were from 78 to 86 because they were just done differently. I mean, it's like, it's like saying, okay, what's the best movie, Pulp Fiction or Citizen Kane? Well, I mean, come on. I mean, that's that's not really an easy or fair comparison to make. You, sure, we can do it, but do they really belong in the same category? Because it is just such a different movie. Um, I mean, people may forget because it, they, they don't see it as much, but the original Terminator, with a couple of exceptions, is not really an effects-based movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have him at the end when, you know, he does this, but uh, I mean, he gets his eye when his eye gets ripped off and you see his eye, you see his eye once and then he puts on sunglasses and that's it. We're not going to mess with that eye anymore. We're not going to figure that out. You're going to wear your sunglasses the rest of the time and everybody knows there's an eye back there, but we're not going to actually look at it because we have to figure out how to do the special effects if we do that because they didn't have the money or potentially the ability, I, I you know, both. And of course, you remember the Terminator crawling across the metal and getting yeah. crushed, and all of that. But that was a very, very minor part at the end. The rest of it was a human movie, um, where I think of Terminator 2, although very well written and still had all those great emotions, is very much an effects action movie with those unbelievable uh, next generation of Terminators uh, and that. So. That's the way I would look at it and compare it. Yeah, I think T2 is a better movie, but um, it's it's not the same. They're not in the same class. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I guess you can make that distinction between effects-based and visual effects and CGI and the differences. Um, but I, I, I guess where I would beg to differ is when I think of T2, our, the first thing that comes to my mind is really not so much the visual effects, apart from saying it was it, it was – it originated there. It was groundbreaking. The film was groundbreaking in that way, but it seemed to me like T2 is a great example of visual effects done correctly and done well, because the story is still what drives the movie. The characters, the human element is still what drives the movie. It's the whole point of the movie. The whole theme of right. T2 is humanity and fate. It's really not a movie about the future of scientific endeavor. It's more of the future of humanity and our, our ability to make right choices. It's a moral movie in every way. No, there's just no doubt about that. You can't make any argument against that. So there's, there's those elements where the story and the ideas in Terminator, uh, certainly there's continuity in T2, as you see Sarah Connor now developing to the person that, that she has developed into uh, in order to basically say, I am going to make the right decision. I am going to, you know, there is no fate but the one you make. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I still think of it from the human element in, when I think about Terminator 2, uh, maybe a little bit more than you do. I don't know. But 
<clears throat> nevertheless, that brings us to where we are today. And that is that there is a trailer for the Dark Fate, Terminator Dark Fate that has just been dropped. So give me your initial thought, man. You, you said on a phone call you had two things that you wanted to talk about, two big ideas. I can't wait to hear these. I don't know what they are. So lay them on me. What are the two things about the trailer? Well, the first, and to me, you know, the, the greatest, there there is one of my favorite moments, which is a lot of people's favorite moments of Avengers Endgame, which you haven't seen yet, so I haven't spoken to you about it yet, is a moment. Um, and from this trailer, I felt the same way. As I'm watching the trailer and as we're going through it and all of this, there's, I don't know what, a few seconds when she goes to the door, the cabin or whatever, and opens the door and Schwarzenegger opens the door and looks at her, you know, in his yeah. bearded uh, look or whatever. And that moment to me was emotionally visceral in watching the um, trailer because I felt the line through the original Terminator, the Terminator 2, and this one, and we're skipping the other ones, um, in a way that not too many movies could do or too many actors could do. And especially for me, as I've told you, when I look at him, I feel, especially as we're seeing the fighting and everything leading up to it, I feel the Terminator emotions. And so to see his face just for a moment was just pretty awesome, I thought. And I thought played really, really well. It was interesting, isn't it? Because uh, that's really all we see of Schwarzenegger. We don't see him fight. It. We don't see him in action. We don't. Even, from the trailer, you wouldn't even know that he's necessarily a Terminator. He's just standing there. And he almost has a smile on his face as if to say, it's good to see you again or something like that. You know, it was, it was a really interesting moment in the trailer, I thought. Yeah, I, I did as well. And, and so that was, that was the big, the big one for me was I, I have, I truthfully know almost nothing about this. I haven't followed it. I haven't followed, yeah, the, me either. you know, creation of it in the background of it. So I don't know how big or how small a part he actually plays in the movie. Um, but I, I know that that is a, was in the trailer for me was a cool moment and, and, and he pull it off. I mean, he still pulled that off as old as he is or whatever, that kind of a look, that kind of a moment tied into this to me, uh, Schwarzenegger still pulls off and makes me sort of, sort of feel, but you know, but so, you know, that's interesting about that is that I, I don't think that's going to sell tickets though. Do you, I don't think that's going to make it a blockbuster because me and you feel that and, and folks our age, but man, there's a whole generation of people who are going to experience that same kind of feeling when they watch the trailer and they see Schwarzenegger. I mean, maybe they will just because they know the history of the films, but not to the same degree of awesomeness as you and I have. It's like right, right, right now the WWE finally has another competitor in something called AEW, All Elite Wrestling. For the first time in 20 years, there's actually a competitor on the market. And one thing I hope that this AEW doesn't do is just try to go after old talent that was once successful in order to draw people over to that uh, specific federation because it's going to work initially. People are going to go just to see the curiosity factor, but 
the old talent, even as cool as it might be for someone like me to see one of the guys I used to watch wrestle, it's not going to, it's not going to win. It's not going to capture the current generation. So as cool as Schwarzenegger is to see, I think the film just has to be a good film on its own in order to have any success. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And let's, let's go to my second point then, which my second point is as I watched the trailer, I found myself thinking, I don't know. Am I, is this really look that much different than all of the other action movies that we get thrown at us now? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even want to start, you know, kind of throwing out the names because I'm probably going to go back farther than I should because of the nature of how I am with movies. But, you know, the the alien invasion movies or the, you know, the 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 sort of robot movies or the uh, like I say, the Matrix S kind of movies, the superhuman movies or the now the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies or all of this. Is this really is this really different enough to, to draw a huge crowd? Does this look interesting in any way? I mean, okay, you're playing on the Linda, Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger. For me, you're playing on those, those uh, emotions and that history, but I didn't come out of it saying, oh, wow, you know, I, this looks like it's got a real emotional tie in a way that has that closeness of the Terminator, or as you were even saying, Terminator 2. I just felt like I was going to see another one of these completely out of control action things and the character going to be nearly impossible to be. I mean, you blow the, blow the crap out of them and then their face grows back and then we got to just keep going until finally somebody comes up with something that's big enough that actually does do it. I'm just not excited. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, that, that's 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 that where you are. Yeah. Thought. One thing that you and I might disagree on a little bit uh, is what I consider to be the overuse of CGI. I, I've really become just sick of it, and this is one reason why I have stopped watching comic book movies because all the reasons you just said is what I feel basically every comic book movie is now. We're going to see the super exaggerated, over the top CGI. The whole world is collapsing in front of us, and then at the end, someone saves it, and that's that. Let's move on to the next movie. I've I've just be- I've become sick of it. And I've noticed one comment on Twitter is a couple of people were a little worried about the overuse of CGI in the trailer. Some person says, hey, man, you got to get out of the 90s. This is just the way movies are made today. And that's just but that's not quite right. That's the way high blockbuster, high budget action movies are made. But but there are quality movies being made that are still uh, relying on just the camera, on just the lens, on just the ability of the director. And I frankly, I'd like to see action movies move back in that direction. I mean, you have something like a Die Hard, the greatest action movie of all time. And there are no CGI effects in that movie. You know, it's, it, so it can be done. I don't think it's, I, I think it's disingenuous to say it's all CGI now. And if you don't like that, you just don't like movies. I don't buy that. I don't agree with that. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, there's a secondary, there's a secondary point to that, which is, which is true, which is that we are in the major age of the right, blockbuster, right. right? The blockbuster movie. And most of the blockbuster movies um, of the last five to eight years have been either Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, 
or movies of that ilk that are heavy, heavy CGI based. And that's what gets all the press. That's what makes all the money. And so the other movies are not getting the budgets. You know, you, you, you've heard it everywhere. Oh, well, you got to go to Netflix or somewhere to watch one of those movies because no, no film company will make it for this big screen. And that's a, it is a concern. It is a concern. I mean, as much as I love the Avengers um, and loved them before the movies, as you well know, um, it, it is concerning to me that it basically, if you don't make half a billion dollars, you are a loser, yeah. you know, um, because, because a lot of these kind of movies we're talking about that we love over over the course of time, you know, they're not going anywhere near that number, even now, even on, you know, even on the uh, uh, inflation adjusted, they're not going to be near that number. And that's that's a concern. So that is a concern. And and I am with you on on that. And if, if the because if the comic book movies continue to go that route, they're going to they're going to start hitting. And I almost felt like Thanos on the Avengers was topped out, you know, I mean, that was as much as I could go. And if they keep going that route, ultimately they're going to fail. They have to stick with like the original Avengers, the original Iron Man, the original Captain America that was all character and heart based. And, and then the other stuff comes from it. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's a tweet that I want to read. I thought this was incredibly insightful and absolutely spot on. It's from Jay Bowman on Twitter, that is at jbowman1, J-A-Y-B-A-U-M-A-N, and the number one. I want to be sure to give him credit. Here is his tweet. Every new Terminator movie is just another negation of everything that Terminator 2 was thematically about. I love that tweet. That is so right, uh, because T2 is all about fate. How many times do you hear it? There is no fate but the one you make. The movie ends going down the road. Skynet has been defeated. We're charting a new course. Humanity is now charting its own destiny. We've learned. We're not going to go down this road. And T3 starts out with basically Schwarzenegger saying, well, that was all wrong. Skynet, in fact, is back. No matter what you do, Skynet is coming back. So humanity is not going to chart your fate. There are all kinds of implications of this from all kinds of worldviews that I love. I need to think a little bit more about and do some writing on. There's theological implications on this. There are worldview implications. But it's, it's such an interesting reality of, okay, at the end of the day, this is a Hollywood movie. They're going to make money. So who cares about the theme of the movie, right? But for us fans who buy into this stuff way too much, we're left just thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, I mean, are we making our own fate or not? And perhaps the answer to that question is humanity never learns and we just continue to screw things up. But I thought that was a, a really interesting and insightful tweet. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I I guess I hadn't really focused on it to be honest with you uh, on that side of it as much um, as you had, but but it is it it is a a classic movie studio thing that you know they they came up with and allowed a very great writing of of T two with an amazing concept and a great ending, and then after that they're like, well, eh, you know we pretty much have to just sort of push that over the right, edge right, to make right. another movie. And so we're just going to disregard it, you know? Um, so that, that, that sort of is, 
But that's one of the things that 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 made TT2 so so special. Uh, You know, it just had a story in it and it had a message behind it. Whether or not I agree with that message is irrelevant. there, There was an emotional pull to both the Terminator and T2 movies that went beyond just this crazy story about trying to kill this Terminator that really can't be killed. I mean, they, they were trying to say something with the movie. Again, it was, it was a very moral based yeah. movie as to making right decisions so that we don't kill each other. I mean, that's basically what the movie's about. And yeah, I mean, in order to make yeah. a buck, sometimes you just got to throw that out the window, which is an interesting theme of the entire franchise as a whole. So Hollywood is basically, you know, this is like the pointing at yourself kind of thing. Hollywood equals Skynet here. We're just going to forget the whole humanity side of this. We want to make money. <laughs> so we're going to keep making the movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, one, one thing about Terminator that flows over, mainly in Terminator 2, but it starts at the very end of uh, the original Terminator, which I just I feel like I've got to at least call out because to me it was – of course, everybody sees it at some level. It's very, it's laid bare, very clear in T2. But if, I don't know how many people stop and really think about it and take a step back and think about it. Um, and that is Sarah Connor uh, and, and how she has to react and act with respect to trying to have what she needs to develop her son to be in a position to deal with and, you know, take on the future Um, is, you know, as she leaves the Terminator, she realizes and goes on the Terminator movie, the first one, and then comes into T2. She has, you know, given up her life for something that at some level only she knows as to what's coming and making all of these decisions as a you know as a mother and as a a parent to ultimately you know it's for the betterment of society and the world in the ultimate sense of keeping it from completely being destroyed which is really kind of interesting and beyond what you would expect a movie like Mm -hmm. this to get into i think and i i always thought that was an interesting piece of this as well is to everyone else she looks insane but in reality, she knows she's doing what she has to do, you know, to say that. And how often is it that we maybe run into that concept on a much minor level, you know, that someone is doing something that they absolutely need to do to survive, but to an outside person who doesn't see the whole sphere of things, you know, they look kind of nuts. So Yeah, yeah. And then the flip side of the coin is, especially in T2, is is wrestling between how do how do means come to ends and and are means justifiable for a good end this is a big part of the theme of the movie my favorite part of the movie um just in terms of the the intelligence of the movie my favorite part by far is when sarah connor leaves everybody and she goes to miles dyson's house to kill him remember and he's sitting on his computer screen she's going to shoot him through the window and that's that because if she kills Dyson, he's not going to do the research and, you know, Skynet's not going to be developed. And, of course, um, what's the boy's name? What's her son's name? John. Jeff, John. John. Uh, John freaks out. You can't go kill this guy, you know? I mean, 
you just don't go around killing people. So he gets the Terminator and they're going to go <clears throat> stop her. But the Terminator for this, I mean, you're going to miss it. If you, you can miss how important this part of the movie is, if you're not paying attention, just very briefly. And I mean, very briefly looks over at John and says, killing miles actually might very well work. That might stop it. So why do we want to go stop your mom? Just let her kill him. Maybe that'll take care of it. Yeah. And of course for John, that's just anathema. Like no right. way are we going to do that? And so yeah. they go and they in fact do stop her from killing him. And then they have that unbelievably powerful scene of explaining what's going on. And then he says, you're judging me for things I haven't even done yet. And then you get into whole that deal. So there's just so much in this movie, but I love that dilemma, that moral dilemma of, of means and ends Terminator, who's more of a Spock ish kind of figure at the beginning in the way, just sees this could work out, you know, so you got to do what you got to do. Whereas John, interestingly enough, takes the much more humanitarian approach. And so, right. And, you, and of course, you know, as, as humans, if you will, with our conscience and whatever, right, the way that we have generally attempted to address this when this comes up, which I've always found interesting in the, you know, philosophy side of this, the way that we have addressed this to try to make ourselves feel better based on which side of this type of argument you're on is the whole idea of you don't know what really you're doing. You know, the whole, would you kill Hitler is the most common of this, Mm -hmm. if you could. Right. If you could go back and kill Hitler before he took power, would you do it? Right. Which is, in effect, the exact same thing on a much different scale that she's doing. And we have come up with this trope that, well, you don't know what you're doing if you do that to the rest of history. And I've always thought that that was just something that philosophers came up with as a great way to give an out to, to saying it is a lot. Yeah. You, 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 you can't do that because if you do it, who knows, maybe, you know, Hitler would have saved someone who is going to do something that saves the world and blah, 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 you know, the classic thing. Right. And so, so I, 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 that's sort of the, what we have come up with as a philosophical society on this point from that view of it, looking at it is, oh, well, you can't do that, assuming you could do that because you don't know the full ramifications of what you're doing. As if we know the full ramifications of anything that we do, you know, so that's, you know, that's the part that I always enjoy is we have to do what we think is best in life every moment of every day. And we have no idea what the entire ramifications of those are as we do them. Yeah, absolutely. And of course the, <laughs> the, the X factor here in Terminator movies is that you can in fact go back in time. So, <laughs> so, right. so, so those questions actually become relevant for someone like Sarah Connor. It's a no brainer. Yeah. If I could go back in time today and take out Hitler, would I do it? Yes. I, I mean, I would, but I don't, but living in you the present, moving, yeah, exactly. Living in the present, moving forward. Of course, I'm not going to kill Hitler before he's done anything, because this is where the words of Miles Dyson are correct. You're judging me for things I have not done. He does right, not correct. live in a world. He he doesn't live in a world of time travel yet. So for him, 
this doesn't work. And it doesn't work, in fact. Right, right. But for the Terminator, it does. We get into, we we roll into another one of my all-time favorite movies, Minority Report. Right, right. Right. Which is, we're going to arrest you for something you've never done, but you will. But you will, right. Yeah, which is just filled with all kinds of problems. But it's a great movie. And it it asks great questions about that. So I think, you know, what's, what's cool about Terminator 2 is, You've got the Terminator's position on this because he does understand time travel and what's happening. And then you have Miles Dyson's position who is saying, you can't do this to me. And then you have someone like John Connor who's playing the middle ground. So what John doesn't do is say, we can't do anything. No, he wants to stop it from happening, but he's not willing to take human life in order to stop it. That's fascinating because they still end up going to the plant and blowing everything up and all that kind of stuff, which is, of course, going to affect the future. So on and forth. This gets back to our back to the future discussions, which we need to have some time as to why going back in time could never work. Because it, it does if you if you go back in time and you can actually be seen and all that kind of stuff and you stop at a stoplight. If you're, you're in a car or you're just walking and you walk across a stoplight and you, you keep someone from pulling out a tenth of a second bef- before they would have if you hadn't gone back in time, the whole world changes. You know, I mean, everything changes at that point because that car is not going to be where it would have been before, which means it wouldn't have met that other car and that person wouldn't have met that person and everything's going to change. So it's it's. We, we think going back in time, you have to do something catastrophic. This is what the movies, you know, in order to change time. Yeah, no, 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 no. We go back in time like you're immediately dead. Like you're probably not even going to be born. It's going to be one of those time paradoxes uh, because it's it would just it would just alter. Yeah, things. it's so, right. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful conversation of which we have had uh, at some level many times. Uh, well, off, that's because that's line. just what we talk about. You know, it, just, it is. But but <laughs> I, I I do think at the end of the day, if we assume that this is there, the only possible way this works is if time travel worked and you went back in time there have to be immediate fingers of different timelines have to be there's no other way and and therefore time travel doesn't work as the movies say because you cannot go back in time to change your current timeline that timeline doesn't change it can't change it can't change what you can do is you could go back and start a new timeline where it's different but you can't change that one. I mean, that's what, that's the short form of one of my thoughts on it. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, hmm. I have to get into that a little bit more. That's about a two hour one there. Yeah, two, 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 three hours. Well, it's been 35 minutes and all we've been talking about is Terminator and moral dilemma, but it's good. This has been really fun. We can just really briefly, uh, I think we both have to go, but really briefly mention that the themed entertainment association has released their numbers for the 2018 theme parks around the world and domestically. And the numbers are absolutely fascinating, as usual. If we just look at domestic North America, uh, Magic Kingdom, of course, is dominating still with pushing now 21 million people a year, a 2% increase from 2017. Uh, But we and you are interested usually in the Universal Parks. And Universal Studios Florida is a 5% increase, pushing 11 million people now, 107 that 5% you know, is fairly significant. Disney's Animal Kingdom got a 10% because of Pandora. Pandora. Uh, what pushed Universal Studios to 5%? Everything else is coming in kind of like two, two and a half, three. You know, is, is this still Potter? Is this, um, I don't know what else it would be. Do you? I mean, surely not the 
Fast and the Furious ride. I wouldn't think that would increase attendance very much. So, well, you know what it could possibly be is Halloween Horror Nights. They said it was the biggest ever. No kidding. You know, I guess I've never thought about that. So these numbers include special special ticketed events. I honestly don't know, but I would assume so. I mean, I would assume that the people that go to uh, Disney's Christmas event and all of this, that it counts people through the door, you know? Wow, that would be really interesting to know if part of that 5% was in fact... Uh, because Universal or Disney's Hollywood Studios also got a 5% bump, but that could in part be because of Toy Story Land, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think so. Um, but the, <clears throat> the point here is so, there's a lot of people going to theme parks, man. Well, there is. And that's, and that's, I think that's the biggest point uh, is that there are a lot of people and that number's only going to go up galaxy's edge opening Hagrid's coaster opening, um, whatever's coming to Jurassic uh, park opening. And I mean, they just keep pushing. we got the new park coming, the new gate coming universal in the next few years. And at some point, at some point, I mean, we may be there. It is really, really going to be unpleasant with the amount of people that are there all the time. I mean, we were just making up numbers that you and I were talking. uh, We were saying that, you know, 10 years ago, right, Disney was probably at 60% capacity, above 60% capacity, you know, 10 or 20 days a year or something. And now it's like, 300 days a year there at that or above maybe more yeah. and as that just keeps going up and up and up uh, and and in this case when I, I was really saying disney in this case uh, another thing we've talked about recently i've really talked about magic kingdom um so that that's just it's going to be interesting to see how they try to release the tension there a little bit or if they do if they just don't care and just let it continue to be you know i mean would would disney or universal be really, really bothered if 50 days out of the year they had to at two o'clock in the afternoon close the park because it was completely full. I don't know. I, would they? Yes. I think, I think so. I think they would. I think so too. But that's a lot of money. <clears throat> yeah. You, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, when you're universal, when you have ET and when you have Stormforce Accelotron, you're just going to, these numbers are going to keep going up. And I, I mean, I, I, I mean, there, there's no, there's no arguing a few facts. Uh, one is, is that Stormforce Accelotron is the driver for Islands of Adventure. Yes. And that ET is really the driver for Universal Studios. Um, and well, because you you know, they I, keep building the parks around those attractions, you know. Right. They haven't touched those. I mean, when they're talking about tearing things down or whatever, I mean, those those are there. Those are and there. they're staying there. And that's all we need to say. I mean, Jaws comes down, but Storm Force? Yeah. No, no. I mean, forget I Jaws. Forget. I mean, Jaws. <laughs> out of there, baby. It's just but, awful. You know. But anyway, and this is why this is why you need to keep coming back to RexandTheBeast.com for all of our up-to-date, on-point analysis of the issues that you need to know concerning our theme park adventures. So what have we got coming up, man? We've got um, really nothing coming up until <clears throat> Halloween Horror Nights, I guess. But we have individual well, treats, well, right? I was about to say, we've got some things coming up, actually. It's just uh, you and I are not going to be together at most of them. Um, I am uh, I am going to be 
actually heading up to Vail um, uh, for Memorial Day weekend. Whether this podcast gets up before then or not, I have no idea. But if it's not, uh, I'm going to go up to Vail for Memorial Day weekend, see if I can get anything interesting, maybe the uh, uh, on-mountain coaster and stuff, get a few shots there. I'm going to be heading down to Grand Cayman uh, in June for a summer vacation with the family. I'm very excited. First time I will have been there, and we'll see what we can what we can find that will be interesting for, for our, uh, our, our listeners and our, our fans. And I know, uh, you're headed out to a couple of places as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a trip to, um, well, we always go to Gatlinburg. We always go to Gatlinburg and check out some of the attractions there. And then we're also going to go to Kings Island. We're making a Kings Island trip this year. We're going down to the beach to Daytona, which means we'll check out some of the attractions. We may even cruise over to Orlando one of those days just to uh, see what we can get into over in Orlando. So we we do have some trips coming up as well. We'll continue to document this. Um, you know, maybe we can just go ahead and say that in our in our pretty near future, over the summer, we're going to do somewhat of a a, a new design, something we're very excited about with RexTheBeast.com in terms of the layout and the look. It's going to be more accessible, easier to access the podcast, easier to access our pictures and our photos. Uh, because one thing that you and I have really decided is there's really just not enough of me and you on our current website. Yeah, I mean, you got you guys got plenty of people out there if you want to know about what's happening yesterday or today with the theme parks. You don't need us to tell you that. What you need is us. <laughs> Because you do not have enough Rex and the Beast in your life, Nobody. I can tell you for sure. Nobody does. And so we're going to do everything we can to give you the option to have more Rex and the Beast in all aspects, whether it is talking about things like the Terminator, whether it's talking about theme parks, uh, whether it is following us on our trips all over the country and the world as we do different interesting things or as we do non-interesting things, we're going to give you a chance to participate. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. I really can't wait for the design. I, I think it's going to be just so much better to look at and to navigate and whatnot. So we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, but we better wrap this thing up. This has been a lot of fun. This truly has been one of the best podcasts, that my, one of the funnest that we've done for me in a long time. So Thanks for that. Hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Love to hear your thoughts on the Terminator trailer. Leave us a comment and uh, let us know what you think about the upcoming film, if you're going to go see it or not. But until next time, this right here is The Beast saying, be strong and courageous. Brexandthebeast.com. Join the journey. <laughs>